Um, we have these questions now. Uh, we put them up on a PowerPoint so that we can follow along. We trust even a little better. Um, so if you would pop that PowerPoint up there very well. And uh, go ahead and click through the first slide there. These are questions that we have considered already. Um, how can I identify my spiritual gift? Uh, what, if I am, what if I am serving the Lord faithfully in love but still not sure what my spiritual gift is? These are questions, by the way, we've already considered that we've already given answers to. Could I have more than one spiritual gift? Uh, when do we receive spiritual gifts? Can you give some examples of different needs or ministries that have needs at BBC, i.e. where spiritual gifts can be employed and so forth? So we'll continue this tonight. Um, give us our first one there. Go for it. All right. So we threw this out last week at the end of the week, uh, at the end of the night, I should say, are the lists of spiritual gifts in the Bible exhaustive or in follow up to that? Could there be other biblical and commendable exercises that are not specifically lifted, listed as a spiritual gift in the scriptures, but still are actually a spiritual gift? So um, that's a conjoined question. So the question is, are the lists of spi- are, are the lists of spiritual gifts in the Bible exhaustive? And sometimes I think we can we can take uh, an answer by the uh, the lack of what's in the scripture. So we don't find I don't find any indication that there are spiritual gifts outside of what uh, the Bible has specifically named. So in that sense, um, I would say the lists are exhaustive because we don't really have much indication that I could find. And certainly that's why we're in discussion format because we want the brothers to feel welcome to partic- participate in this. But we do, I don't find any biblical evidence that there are gifts, uh, spiritual gifts that are true spiritual gifts that are not named in the scripture. And one other thing I would add to that is that it does seem that most, if not all, and I would suspect all, necessary parts of New Testament church life are covered within the spiritual gifts that are named in the scriptures. We have lots of spiritual gifts that are named in the scriptures in Romans 12 and 1 Corinthians 12. So it does seem that all necessary parts of New Testament church life are part of the gifts that are named. So there really doesn't seem to be much need to go outside of the name gifts. So that would be another kind of part of the same answer to say, yes, I do believe that they're exhaustive. Although, uh, as always, there are some that are persuaded that there are true spiritual gifts that are just not named in the Bible. But that's a bit risky, of course, when we go into something like that, because um, you could theoretically throw out anything and say, well, I think this is a spiritual gift, and but you've got no biblical support for it. So that's a bit risky. Um, so for example, like uh, many times you may hear someone say, I have the gift of hospitality. And there's nothing wrong with that, um, except that it's not specifically named, as Dave mentioned last week, it's not specifically listed as a spiritual gift in the scriptures. So uh, what do we say then? Well, you're telling me that I, I, I can't exercise spiritual gift and hospitality? Well, not necessarily, but hospitality may be found within uh, some of the gifts that are named. So if you have a gift of service, perhaps it's manifested in hospitality. Um, 
I'm aware that many that seem to have the gift of giving use their home as a way. They open their home and oftentimes they're giving upon giving. They're giving by using their home and they're giving oftentimes to those who enter their home, uh, even beyond just opening their home. And counseling, you can open your home and counsel, and uh, I'm sorry, and, and uh, shepherding and so forth. So the point is, is that within the named gifts, you can essentially find every true need of the New Testament church uh, covered. So someone says, I have the gift of encouragement. Well, that's not specifically named, but exhortation is, and encouragement is part of exhortation, and so forth and so on. So we could give more examples, but that's that. So I'm going to give, I'm going to list a few questions tonight. That's uh, answer to the first question that's up there, and then we'll open it for comments. So fire the next one up there if you don't mind. Uh, does exercise of spiritual gift mean a person is very spiritual? And it seems that we can have a very clear and distinct answer to this, uh, which is no, no. Exercise of spiritual gift does not mean that a person, uh, or maybe I'm asking for me, am I spiritual if I exercise spiritual gift often? No, you're not. So how do we know that? Well, one of the ways we know that is is because of the Corinthian church, and I'm not going to go into this to tons of detail because we have talked about this a little bit, but Corinth was very carnal, according to 1 Corinthians 3, but very spiritually gifted. So they exercised lots of spiritual gifts. Um, and like 1 Corinthians 1, seven, you don't come short in any gift. As a church, you have got lots of spiritual gift, and apparently they were exercising the spiritual gifts to the point that there was even contention and strife over the the exercise of the spiritual gift. But that was evidence, the contention and strife, that they weren't all that spiritual, even though they were exercising spiritual gift. So I could make this answer very long, but let me just say that it seems very apparent that the fruit of the Spirit are a much better measurement for spirituality than the spiritual gifts. So Galatians 5 gives us the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and so forth. Those seem to be a much better measurement for spirituality, if you want to use that term, than exercise of spiritual gift per se. So that means someone could stand up here and be a tremendous Bible teacher in theory, but really not be all that spiritual, not really be very much like the Lord Jesus, not be demonstrating or bearing the fruit of the Holy Spirit, bearing the fruit of the Spirit within them. So that's a serious thing, and it's a very good question. Um, so, and, and interestingly, too, when you get to first, of course, first Corinthians 12 is all about spiritual gifts. First Corinthians 13 is the love chapter, right? And as you go through these marks or measurements of love, you have almost a mirror to the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5. Love is kind and long-suffering and patient and so forth. You go to Galatians 5 and you say, well, that's essentially what we have here. It's almost a mirror. So that's spirituality. Love by God's divine work in the heart of man um, manifested in all of these things, patience and kindness and goodness, faith. that's spirituality, um, not necessarily, certainly not necessarily does exercise of spiritual gift mean someone is very spiritual. We'll do one more. So give us the next one there. And then I will open it, of course, brothers, for, for comment on these three. Uh, am I only responsible to operate within my spiritual gifting? This one also seems to be very clear. Um, 
with the big N-O answer again. No, you're not just responsible to operate within your spiritual gifting. The Bible gives lots of commands that are broad to all of Christians of things that we ought to be doing. Encourage one another, 1 Thessalonians 5.11, regardless of whether you have the gift of exhortation. That's that's my point. Be hospitable to one another. Dave mentioned this last week, 1 Peter 4.9, regardless of whether you have the gift of service or giving. Um, older women teach younger women regardless of whether they may have the gift of teaching and so forth and so on. There's lots. Be kind to one another. Be tenderhearted and so forth and so on. Well, I don't have the gift of mercy, so that means I don't have to be kind to these people that I'm around. Well, no, that's not true. In fact, the Bible gives specific commands that are the responsibility of all Christians, right? So, Am I only responsible to operate within my spiritual gifting? Meaning, if I know what my spiritual gift is, am I just responsible to exercise that gift as often, everywhere as I can, and disregard everything else? The obvious answer is no. You are responsible for lots more as a Christian because the Bible gives lots of commands that apply to all Christians. All right, I'm going to open it up for comments on these three. Oh yeah, we've got a microphone. So let's get these these comments. Mike, if you if you're next, give us a hand raise so Nathaniel can run to you. Sorry about that. He's he's up. Okay, go for it. <clears throat> yeah, he uses the term gift. Uh, Paul does in First Corinthians seven. Every man has his proper gift, charisma of God. One right. after this manner, and another after that. Right. Often we'll hear, you know, some have the gift of celibacy. Right. That's really what he's referring to. Yeah. But it's not listed right in in the list. But he does use yeah. the same term. Yeah. So. Uh, and then in, in Romans, right, he says, I, I want to come to you so I can impart unto you some spiritual gift. So that just may be some a general term that whatever we have, we can impart and build up the saints. But he does use that term in other places. But it is it does seem to be exhaustive, as you said. Right. Good. Thank you. That's true. Very good. It is important with that second question there um, that we use um, scriptural measurements for ourselves because, um, again, someone may have the gift of giving and maybe even others recognize it and say, well, that brother or sister, they really do a work for the Lord and they're giving. But spirituality, if you want to say that, or Christ-likeness is in that sense a, a different thing. It goes deeper and more beyond just the exercise of spiritual gift. Anything else on those three? All right. They'll be up there. Oh, we got a hand raised over here. Sorry. Thank you for waiting patiently. I uh, just wanted to comment on question two about the exercising of spiritual gift uh, not being a good barometer for the spiritual uh, the spiritual level of the person using the gift, right? Um, the slight tweak on the question would be if we see what seems to be success using that gift, uh, not necessarily being a good barometer, 
We see in Numbers chapter 20 where Moses is leading the children of Israel through the wilderness and uh, God instructs Moses to uh, speak to the rock and it would yield its water and provide the necessary water that the people needed uh, while they were traveling through the wilderness. And if you're familiar with the story, you know that uh, the people were uh, grumbling and frustrating Moses at the time. And so he, uh, in his anger, he struck the rock, breaking the picture that God wanted to show that having struck the rock the first time, he just needed to speak to the rock because uh, it was a picture of Christ and he would, God would provide for them. But even in his disobedience, God provided the water overflowingly through the rock uh, for the people. And so we see that it was very successful, right? But Hmm. he was held accountable for that before God. He was not able to enter into the promised land. And so uh, God dealt with him, but he didn't necessarily hinder the success of the work. You know, and and what you're saying is if you, let's say, uh, uh, in seeking to exercise the gift of giving, you are very generous Mm-hmm. but yet not spiritual. First Corinthians 13 would say it profits you nothing, mm-hmm. right? Now, God may still use it to be an encouragement to the one who receives it. Right. He may use it to fuel the, the, the exercise and ministry of that missionary who receives it to win people to the Lord, whatever, but, but the spirituality and the level of spiritual, spirituality in the individual who is exercising the gift, not equal, right? So it's a good warning for us. You know, sometimes there may be a teacher who we re, we learn from, whatever, and just assume because of what appears to be success that that equals mm-hmm. they're in a healthy spiritual condition. And sometimes we find out later that that's not the case. And it mm-hmm. and sometimes overthrows the faith of some, right? So right. it's good for us to know from the outset that the two are not synonymous. Great. Okay, very well. Thank you for that. All right. If you would, give us the next one there, Adalith. Okay. Can a spiritual gift be developed? Now, I might say from my impression, just if I had just been asked this question, just give me an answer off the cuff. Um, it, I, I think you'd be on safe ground. At least you wouldn't have many that would argue with you, I don't think, if you said, sure, a spiritual gift can be developed. Um Having said that, I don't myself see lots of biblical support for making a real strong case that spiritual gifts themselves mature or grow or are developed, so to speak. Um, I know that could be a a bit challenging um, because, again, I think if I were just asked that right off the cuff without really thinking through it or trying to search for an answer – I might have just automatically said yes, but I myself don't see tons of biblical support. Maybe some things that could be taken that way, and again, it's going to be open for comment. This is a discussion. Um, certainly, the Christian can grow. That is absolutely true. So there's time and time again in the scriptures that the Christian is to grow. You and I are to grow, are to develop in that sense, or to mature. But as far as a spiritual gift itself... 
Um, and I'm not trying to, you know, maybe draw too fine of a line, but I'm just saying if I were to say, hey, give me a text that says a spiritual gift can develop, and by that my mind is thinking the gift itself grows or matures, um, I, I, I had struggled with that a bit, even though, again, I think generally speaking it would be unanim- unanimously accepted that, that such a thing is possible. Um, so, again, Christians can grow. There's no doubt about that. The spiritual gift itself, I'm not so certain that that's the most accurate way to to state that. But let me, before I say much more, just kind of open that and make sure that I'm not missing a real clear text on this. going to do a certain something and then he went away for oh uh, sorry yeah, and then he went away for a period of time I think it's three years is that right he, he went uh, to be alone and to and this this work that the Lord had given him was actually going to be developed in him that when he would return from this time of isolation he were to have the whole body of the gospel so I, that's one example another on a smaller level was the example of Apollos who was an eloquent man, but he knew only the baptism of John until he was trained. And that, so I, I just see that that perhaps if we're looking for you know chapter and verse of this is how the spiritual gift is developed, maybe we would you know find a paucity of of scripture that would support that. But the idea that gifts are developed are you know there's there's evidence within scripture. Uh, that that's the case. Even if I'm not mistaken, there was actually a school of the prophets in the Old Testament. So these were obviously people that had some gifting or proclivity or inclination to 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 minister who were being developed. And mm-hmm. so I I I think with you I, I'm I, I agree. But to find you know some uh, bedrock fundamental verse that's going to say spiritual gifts will be developed, I don't think we have that. But I, I the empirical evidence is there that gifts are developed yeah one of the challenges that i would find is that um if we kind of back into a yes answer that gifts can be developed um, it would be a fair question to then address gifts like prophecy and tongues and interpretation of tongues and discerning of spirits and so forth and one would rightly ask the question were those gifts that needed developing prophecy seemed to be prophecy that didn't need developing a prophet was a prophet he spoke divine authoritative um, revelation that was infallible and so forth the gift of tongues of course we have one real specific example so we don't want to build a whole case on that but that just came and they had it it wasn't something that so to speak grew Um, there is no doubt that there is if you give if you want to be inclined to say yes and that that could be a fair answer i suppose um you, you should be careful. There are lots of groups that would abuse this to a certain extent where they would say, come and we'll teach you how to speak in tongues or whatever it is, you know? And so that would be a bit risky and I think unbiblical to say, um, theoretically, everybody could have this gift, so come and we'll teach you how to do it. That doesn't seem accurate. So if you would say, yeah, I could see how it matures, the gift matures or develops, okay, maybe. But um, anyway, so that's that's a thought as well to consider. So go ahead. Yeah, we've got to do something with Second Timothy one six. Paul said to Timothy, 
stir up the gift of God that is in you. So, as I understand it, right, uh, has to do with stirring up a fire. It's almost going out. And if, if you read the rest of the chapter there, he, he was to uh, stir it up. But however that, I don't know exactly what that means, but it does seem to mean that it was laying dormant and he was a somehow fan the flame so he could boldly defend the gospel the next mm-hmm. few verses. So uh, there's a verse, what's it, wasn't there a verse in uh, Revelation about take, that, no, don't lose your reward, something to that effect. So it's not specifically, like Tim said, not specifically saying gifts develop, but we we can keep it, what God gives us, and fold it up in a napkin. That because, is true. Because I, yeah. I know you're a hard man, Lord, and I don't want, you know, so right. We, we, right? So we've got to do something with those verses, right? God has given us something. It may be fully, as you, you're indicating, right, fully uh, endowed there, but it does seem to be that we have to interact with what the Spirit of God is doing in us, right? To so use it. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. I guess, so I suppose it would be how, what you mean by developed is, is the gift itself growing, which is the way I always kind of took that growing up was, well, you've got kind of a, maybe you've got a gift in this area, but over time it will become a much better gift if you keep working on it. That's what I'm saying I find trouble with. But not using the gift is certainly possible. I mean, that seems evident not using what the Lord is giving. Yeah, well, and so stir it up. The Lord has given us in a sense, right? Developing? Well, yeah. I mean, if he's given it to us, we have to utilize it. Maybe, okay, utilize. 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 Yeah, utilize. amen. Yeah. Amen. That, I think, it seems very clear. So, again, not to draw too fine of a line, but I guess maybe it was only my own misunderstanding or misperception growing up that this little gift could be growing up into a big gift one day. That is what I'm not certain that we have lots of evidence for. But that a gift could lie dormant and not be used, sure. Wait for the mic. Mike come in and we got two here. So Tim and then Luke. Oh. Still got to wait for the mic. <laughs> okay. I thought he was there. All right. <laughs> so I believe it's in Proverbs. I don't know the chapter and verse, but it says a man's gift will make room for him mm-hmm. and in my my mind that that idea is that room doesn't necessarily maintain in the same at the same capacity and so the room might in fact be enlarged through the exercise mm-hmm. and i think within the church we're talking about priesthood and i think there's a certain amount of training that takes place uh, in the exercise of the gift within as we function as priests whether it's prayer, whether it's uh, reading the word, whether it's uh, sharing a word, whatever it is, but it's through the exercise that these gifts become developed and make room uh, for the person to to exercise the gifts. If anybody knows the chapter and verse on that, I would appreciate it. It's in Proverbs, you. I believe. Google. Yeah, Google. <laughs> yeah. Give me the mic. Give me the mic. I guess I think of myself in some ways like, you know, I got saved at 25. And as you know, I have so many gifts, right? That's probably what you guys are thinking. But, um, you know, you know, day one, I get saved at 25. You know, I, you know, it's, it's tough to come out and start, you know, dunking basketballs on the first day. I feel like thanks to all of you helping, you know, and, and obviously the Holy Spirit. But, um, I, I would say that 
definitely from day one getting saved, there has to be some development to even to know um, that you have the gift and then, you know, to see it be developed. I think case in point would be, Mike, your your wonderful sermons that have helped us um, understand these gifts even more. No, but in, in, in all seriousness, I mean, I think we've all learned a few things in the last few weeks about gifts, you know, and um, that's development. Hmm. Thank you. That's just my point, Mike. I'm excited to still. Thank you. Yeah. Proverbs 18.16 is the reference according to Jamel. According to Google. All right. Good thoughts there. We shall try. Okay, Dave's got a, a comment there. As you head there, so I'm fully persuaded that we do grow as Christians. We do develop, so to speak, as Christians. My only kind of question is whether the gift itself develops or grows. But I could see certainly as we grow spiritually that it has an effect on our use of the spiritual gift, no doubt about it. Yeah, I mean, if when I first received a hammer to add to my toolbox, um, the hammer didn't get better. It didn't grow any bigger. It didn't get any harder. But my ability to use it developed, mm-hmm. right? And so um, I think that's, I mean, there, it's not the exact metaphors we see in the Scripture, but it, it seems fitting in, in trying to differentiate the tool from the, the person using the tool, the gift from the person using the gift. And, and so uh, I think that goes along with what you're saying. But there, you will see some sort of development, right, in some of them. Now, here's, my, here's what I, the question I was going to add. Does it necessarily have to be all or none? Right, uh, uh, just because there are some gifts like prophecy that are immediate, you either are getting a word from God or you're not. Um, does it mean all the gifts operate the same way that way, or some may be immediate, or some may be taking some developing? Right, uh, these are good questions, and you're not like it's already been said. We're not going to find a verse that says here's the answer to this, but we're trying to interpret mm-hmm. using all of them together. So yeah. we're, I think we're on the right track by asking these questions. Sure. And in response to your question, it would seem to me a reasonable answer is not necessarily, but it's a fair question to ask. If we do say, well, the gifts kind of grow over time, well, okay, what about prophecy and what about tongues and so forth? So that's I'm just saying it's a fair question, although it doesn't necessarily mean that maybe some could grow and others not. Anybody lost on what I'm saying about prophecy and tongues? I'm just saying I don't see a lot of reason to believe that prophecy is a growing gift, that one day you're at 50% and the next day you're at 70, and by the end of your life you might hit 100 in your prophecy. That's not biblical prophecy. Biblical prophecy is 100% from the beginning. So, all right. Perhaps enough on that. Um, throw that last one up there. we got like two minutes, and then we'll shut it down and, and see where we're at next week. Um, this is a tough one as well. I imagine we'd have a fair amount of discussion on this. Are some spiritual gifts more important than others? Um, it's 7.59. So um, I think that this could take some discussion, I think. There are some verses in 1 Corinthians 12 and 14 that could lead you to believe that um, some gifts are more important than others. However, I think there may be a a different or better interpretation 
for what Paul's saying. For, for example, 1 Corinthians 13, or 12, 31 says, but earnestly desire the best gifts, or someone may have another word for best, but better gifts or greater gifts, it may say. So you would reasonably ask, well, does that imply that some spiritual gifts are better or more important than others? What exactly is Paul saying there? Um, and reasonably attached to that, you might ask if that is what he's saying, that there are some more important than others, then which are the most important ones? We'd like to know, right? Which, which are more important than others, if there are some that are more important than others. I myself am not persuaded that some of the gifts are more important than others, um, so I'll just leave it like that for now, but I would really encourage you to wrestle with it and look at the flow of first Corinthians 12. Um, certainly part of the chapter seems to indicate like the, eye can't say to the foot, I have no need of you and the hand can't say to the, and so forth. So within the body, all the parts are necessary, but then someone may say, well, yeah, but the heart if we're going to use the body metaphor, which the scripture does, the heart seems a bit more important than the finger. I can live without a finger, but I can't live without a heart and so forth and so on. These are reasonable, reasonable thoughts. Um, so I might say also, especially with these last two gifts as we close, that um, whatever conviction we come to on them, I'm not certain it's going to change radically, change us practically as to how we lift out, live out our Christian life. So in case you're majorly offended by this one way or the other, I think we can all move forward in our Christian life without maybe having the exact same answer on these, and the effect may not be too too drastic. So um, as we press on to grow spiritually, certainly uh, that's something we ought to be doing. And um, as we employ our spiritual gifts, if someone's persuaded that there are some more important than others, well, that may be, may be true, may not be true, but we can all kind of move forward and, and press on with it and it not necessarily radically changes practically. So I've got 801 on my iPad. I'm going to close in prayer. Uh, we will, if we don't consider this all together next week and we'll figure this out, then we'll consider it in split up groups next week. So I'm not certain which way we'll go with it, but one way or the other, we'll get a chance to, to talk about that. Okay. Our Father, we do thank you as we have um, had this opportunity this evening to look into your word and to um, try to tackle some challenging questions, some practical questions, as we uh, want, certainly, Lord, please help us. We want to rightly divide and understand your word. We want to be accurate with it, and uh, we don't want to just get caught up in details that are that are irrelevant, but we do want to be accurate with how we understand your truth. And um, we just ask that you would help us. We ask that you bless us as well as we seek to go forward to serve you wholeheartedly in love. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.